0: Yes, hello, folks. Welcome to the Weekly Matches Native Show. I'm your host, as always, Phil Brown, joined now with my regular co-host, the magnificent comic wagon. Uh, after, of course, another disappointing draw at the weekend, it seems like we preface every native result with disappointing or some other pejorative term. Uh, disappointing, it is, to say the least, one each um, per... We had a couple of weeks off, Colin. Uh, we were hoping when those couple of weeks we would see native return to... Some level of form. I don't know why we have this optimism, because we repeatedly get disappointed. But uh, what was your take on the game of the weekend, mate?
1: Just nothing's going right for us at the moment. I actually I tweeted about it. I feel like it's it's like consistently watching United in pre-season. That's the way it feels this season. feels like this has just been one big, prolonged pre-season. It's, there's no cohesion in the team. There's no players playing for the badge. Everyone just seems to only care about themselves. And we've just we've got nothing going for us this year. It's really, really hard to watch. Um, and I know together, man, you're gonna have a chat here and about mm-hmm. different things, but really I I I'm just as every day goes past, I'm more against Ten Hag being appointed.
0: Okay. I have to say, as yes, uh just I'm not. <clears throat> Seriously, towards anyone, because I'm not really convinced by any of them, if I'm honest. Um, and it seems to be that people are selecting their candidates based on the fact that, uh, well, Pacitino's slightly worse than Ten Hag, or Ten Hag's slightly worse than Pacitino, rather than their strengths. It's about, well, he's not quite as bad as the other one. Um, and the truth is, and we'll, we'll, we'll refine this point a bit later on the podcast. There is no candidate out there that you don't have legitimate reservations about. And the, the Dutch league is really hard because you can get a Depay or you can get a Van Nistelrooy. You can get a De Boer or you can get a Van Hall. It, it's really hard to use the Dutch league as a parameter for anything. You know, you can get a Van de Beek or you can get a Rayquard. It's just, you just don't know. Well,
1: and that's so, it man. See, so see, whenever you're you're saying about Tin Hag and we don't know what we're going to get, that's where where I revert back to, and I know we've had sure. this argument so many times, revert back to Pochettino has been in the Premier League, and I know you say, well, your argument is he hasn't really done it, he hasn't won anything. I look at United, right, and what we need is we need youth coming through, we need young players being bought as young players, not going out mm. and sending Cavani or Ronaldo, we need to be sending young talent and breeding them through and that's what... Pochettino has done at Southampton, and he's done it at Spurs. So why not give him that opportunity at a massive club like Manchester United to grow that and do, do it again, what he's done? And yes, you know, this isn't going to be an overnight process. And for people listening, like you know yourself, this this is never going to be an overnight process. This is a, a three-year term, and we've been saying this for so long now, but it is. It's going to take three, four years for this to turn around. Well,
0: here's the thing that's Southampton, right? right? So first of all, Southampton Breeding Kids at Southampton is not the same as breeding Kids at United. Secondly, if you go back to when Southampton ran League One under Rupert Lowe, they completely revamped that football club and built it around youth with Les Reid. So they came in, they had this unbelievable academy, right? developed all these young players. Pacitillo comes in and promotes these kids gives them an opportunity does a very good coaching job it's some um, no doubt about it does a good coaching job at spurs probably takes spurs to as far as you can take spurs and i also completely accept the fact that there's different metrics right for measuring success for example it's not, it's not reasonable to expect oxford united to accomplish the same as manchester City next season right obviously so if an oxford united manager does Everything he possibly can with the resources that he has and squeezes every drop out of them. That to me, whether he wins the European Cup or not, right? This is a silly analogy, but you get what I'm saying? It's yeah. really about how you maximize the resources at your disposal. That defines success for me, whether with a guy or not, right? Um, you know, so you could argue that you did that at Spurs. Um, if he wins the league at PSG this season, which I expect he will and I'm just playing devil's advocate here for Pochettino, he will have achieved the same as what Tuchel did, right? And I think we'd all accept that Tuchel, probably the third best manager in the Premier League outside of Klopp and outside of um uh, Guardiola, um, arguably, right? But he's certainly up right? So I'm not saying that um Pochettino doesn't have things in his favour. And let me say this. Whether it's Pacchettino or Ten Hag, I get behind him 100%. I'll, I'll yeah. begin with positivity. And just in the same way, when you asked me about Ronaldo 24 hours before he signed, I genuinely did think it was the right move at the time. But, you know, we live in, because of social media, we live in an era of polemics where, um, there is no nuance anymore. And I know Twitter is terrible for nuance, but if I turn around the day before United saying Ronaldo and say, I don't think Ronaldo should be signed, that doesn't mean there are no positives to a signature if eventually he does sign. It's just ridiculous. So the next day when you had to sign him and you start pointing at the positives, of course, people call you a hypocrite, but there is no every single thing in life, calm every single thing. This is the very nature of polarity. Has well, positive look,
1: and negative. I I've been an advocate for Ronaldo, and I think like, Cristiano Ronaldo is one of the best players. Sure. of all, of of my generation, anyways, right? He's been unbelievable. In his twenties, he was different class. Of course, he he obviously done a great job for us. I was all for him coming back because I I thought he would he would be a help to this squad in terms of for younger players, but also he, he's a mm-hmm. scorer, right? I think what we've realized, and I, I on this podcast, I've got a lot of. Um, abuse on Twitter for it, but I'll always stick, I'll always stick by it and say that yeah. I think he was a good signing. but yeah. I understand that Cristiano Ronaldo is not the Cristiano Ronaldo of old, sure. he's not able to, to chase the balls down he used to be able to, he hasn't got the pace he used to have, he's not great with his, his back to goal, that's, that's all facts, but we need to be looking at younger players who can change the vision of Manchester United, because really, Ronaldo isn't going to do that, he's going to score you some final goals but he's not going to change what we're about at the moment. So we need to be looking at young, hungry strikers. The the types of players that we we got whenever Ronaldo joined United, that type of player we need. So that's where we're at at the moment. And if we're going to keep sending these players like Cavani and Ronaldo who are just over the hill, it's it's, it's just a vicious circle.
0: Yeah. So with Ronaldo, if Ronaldo walked out of the football club today, I would say Ronaldo was a successful sending. No question about it, right? So, uh, and again, you know, there's nuance here to this, right? So when I said, and I'm, uh, we're, not, when we're talking about whether Ronaldo in the context of whether it was a problem or not. And one of the things that I'd said is before we can even get there, and I have the same opinion of the manager, we have so many other problems to fix before you can properly evaluate someone's contribution, be it positive or negative, right? And I used the analogy of, you know, the boat sinking. before we can talk about whether the we've got the right engine, we've got about 300 holes to plug on the bottom of the boat we're going to sink, right? So these are secondary problems, cosmetic problems, almost before we deal with the most immediate and obvious. Uh, what I think, whether you united team firing on all cylinders, let's say they had 10 positions, perfect. And Ronaldo's in that team. There's going to be gaps in his game, in my opinion, that will mean you're not that he's not on the same level as the world's top strikers, right? That doesn't mean that he's not a very good player. It doesn't mean, you know, that you couldn't win trophies with him. All I'm saying is that Ronaldo Ronaldo has a problem. You know, it's a small P, really, and so uh, I think. You need to clearly, need an agile striker at the top of his game. And when I hear you need to be linked with players like Tommy Abraham, that's very concerning because Colin, or uh, uh, Colin, that is a Spurs signing. Daphne, that's the I type mean, of player that Spurs would send. When you see City already saying it, Julian Alvarez and, 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 and Erling Holland, yeah. and you need to be linked with Tommy Abraham, that's very concerning.
1: Well, Haaland isn't done right, but we're pretty certain he's going to end up at City. Yeah. Who who does that leave out there for us? Because really, there's there's not many names sticking out at me straight away. Like, is it going to be the case of where we're going to try and sign someone like Lewandowski? I know he said he probably is going to go to Barcelona, but is that someone who, again, is over the hill? Well, well, not, he's not over the hill, but he's at that age where he's not really going to benefit us for a long time.
0: Well, Lewandowski is exactly the same am saying as an Abraham, which is exactly the same am saying as a Ronaldo. It's exactly the same I mean, take a look at what you know, you've been doing up front. Igualo, on loan, yeah. right? Cavani, right, free. Ronaldo, free for two years. Uh, this just Ibrahimovic, free. And you know, you've been kicking the can down the road for strikers for God knows how long. And whatever you need know are being linked, with Tommy Abraham. Let's say Tommy Abraham, he was going to leave Roma today, 50 million. What did what Vlavic go for? What did he? I think he went for something 50. Years,
1: million, didn't he? 50, he went 50. 40 or 50?
0: Yeah. So again, I ask, you know, and I understand that it's saying, well, we didn't have a manager back in January, so maybe he wasn't the right guy. Okay. And by the way, I'm highly skeptical about you being linked with players at all because I really don't think. Yeah, you know, they're firmly in, in for anyone until that gets arranged, um, until they have a, a, a north shoot to be. But this is part of the reason why they need to announce a new manager really quickly. Uh, I wouldn't say really quickly, but soon. Um, I, I think it... Uh, there's a lot of people out there that are very impatient. He's going to get done right away. He's going to get done right are you need to do. Look, like, there's a due diligence process, and you need to be in for this, and I don't think that's fair. Let me, let me just say, yes, mate, right? Because there's a lot of articles out there. John Murder and Darren Fletcher know more about football than any screwed on Twitter. No disrespect, right? Okay. And, and to turn around and say, Darren Fletcher, Darren Fletcher played for arguably the greatest manager in, in world football, right, in the history of the sport. Certainly he's up under the discussion. And are you telling me, Darren Fletcher, who's won Premier Leagues, won European Cups, worked for the best manager, arguably, in the history of the sport, and he was promoted as a youth kid. Are you telling me he doesn't know anything about football? Are you telling me John Murder, who's got a glorious track record of success in football? By the way, he's only been in his current role, right? The whole John Murder account, what well, for things that happened in 2013 or whatever, is a bit like saying, well, Jesse Lingard's been at the club since he was 14. Why wasn't he scoring goals when he was 14? Uh, well, because he wasn't in the current role that he's in now. It doesn't matter how long you are at the football club. What matters what you were doing at the football club. I don't understand why this needs to point out. So John Murdoch wasn't in a position of influence for the large part of his Manchester United career. Now we've got football people evaluating other football people. Yes, they're not Leonardo. Yes, they're not glamorous names. So what? finally rejoicing the fact that we have football people evaluating other football people. Richard Arnold is just going to sign off on it once that final recommendation is made. So make no mistake about it, John Merritt and Tom Fletcher no football.
1: Definitely, I I agree with everything you've said. It's good to see that at least we've got football people in those Mm -hmm. positions, now whereas we didn't previously. Throw a name at you here, right? Darwin Nunez plays up front Mm -hmm. for Benfica. Uruguayan, he's 22. Yeah. He's I think he's everything we need in a striker. And I'm judging him on playing in the Portuguese league. Obviously Bruno came from that league and he he's took like a duck to water. Darwin Nunez fits the kind of profile. I think, you know, he's he's Uruguayan. We've we've had our luck with Uruguayans and Diego Forlan. We've had obviously Edison mm-hmm. Cavani. Do you think he's someone that we'll be looking at?
0: Um. Well, it's funny because uh, one of the guys that I do a, a lot of content with now is a kid called Zach Louie. By the way, I strongly suggest you uh, anyone who's listening to this follow Zach. Zach's going to be doing more and more with BTP, but uh, Zach does a lot with Portuguese football, uh, almost forensic in his analysis. And I was asking him about this, and uh, he was saying to me, hi, highly, he rates him. He's available for a relatively good price. Here's the thing that concerns me, Colum. If you're a Manchester United chief executive or whatever, and this is really why I want it, it's so important that football people are involved in this. How are you selling Manchester United to potential new Zealand? So if you're Darwin Nunez and you've got the pick of Europe's top clubs, right? Five or six teams in for you, which is exactly what should be happening if you're a legitimate top goals, top striker. What are you doing to convince them to come to your Because this is where I feel you like and I have a problem. So, well, we're gonna pay you more, okay? So you basically you're saying there's nothing else worth coming here for other than the fact I'm gonna make you rich. Oh, and by the way, your social media numbers gonna be off the charts. You're gonna get downloaded likes. You're gonna have more followers. These are the metrics that they use. You see this whenever they have investor calls, and then they wonder why. <laughs> you have players in this inside that dressing room that aren't really committed to winning trophies that aren't really, you know, that aren't there for silverware. I mean, when sorry to give you a long answer but you look at Paul Pogba, mate, right? And I and I'm going to slightly defend him here. So if you're sitting out of Paul Pogba after a year after he signed, and you're saying to him, which is exactly what you need to do, because they 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 brought so screw in. He said, we're at least three years away before being able to compete for a title. And that was what, eight years ago, something like that. Uh, let me see, seven, five, When Six years ago. So well, if you're Paul Pog, when you're hearing that, you're going, wait a minute. That's not, I wasn't told that before I signed. I wasn't told that, you know, um, three out of four years of my contract is going to be spent rebuilding, right? And so... <laughs> If you're sitting down with Darwin Nunez, what's the conversation? Darwin, I listen to We're miles away from winning the league. We're miles away from winning any major trophy. Hopefully we can qualify for top four. Please don't pay attention to anything that we've done over the last 12 years. When we qualify for top four, I promise we'll be different this time. I I don't understand. What I, are they selling <clears throat> to him I
1: half agree with you, right? But I'll disagree with you on the fact that at the end of the day, Phil, me and you both know this, Manchester United, regardless of anything, is a huge, massive club of stature. That that, that can I all these
0: just lately, mate. to I not talk about what have you was. We have to think about this from a benign perspective. Darwin Nunez is Uruguayan, right? Yeah. So the biggest football club in the world to him is almost certainly Barcelona or Real Madrid. Manchester United are a big football club, but when it comes to the market, right, especially for South American lads, you're just another big club. They don't mean the same to them, lads, that they mean to you. I mean, I've spoke to South American players about this. You know, in many ways, the lure of Spain, La Liga, and even Syria, A, where there's a much greater history of Uruguayans going to both those leagues and being successful, um, that are, you know, that are closely resemble their culture. Uh, and well, yeah. on top of which, man, <laughs> there is a wedge driven between Uruguayans. I don't know if it's still a case over the whole Luis Suarez thing. So I'm just saying for them players, we make this yeah. mistake all the time. We think, oh, United's in there. Everyone wants the same for United. Well, not the case, mate. And and, and these South American lads, they're certainly different for them. Because, sorry, man, I, go ahead, yes.
1: No, I'd say going by the age of him, he's someone that's looked up the Cavani. He yeah. sees Cavani United you know, now. Obviously, Cavani hasn't worked out like we wanted. He's still been good whenever he's played. But then he's probably looking at someone like Diego Forlan and what he achieved at Manchester United. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, we're a bigger pool than Barca or Real Madrid Because I agree with you, for a South American That's probably the be-all and end-all But at this stage of his career To go to someone like United And again, we're, we're a work in progress that, That's exciting at the same time I'm not saying it's, it's going to lure him out And he's mm-hmm. going to say, oh, I'm definitely going to United But there's a project there, there's something happening At Manchester United And we, we can't see it right now, but these next three years Are going to be vital And the can't the board can't get it wrong again that's why I feel that they're gonna they're gonna um appoint Pochettino because they mm. know they appoint Ten Hag and they get it wrong, they're dust.
0: I they're dust no matter what they're doing, mate, If they get it wrong, right? At the end of the day. Uh, I think this is partly why it's the, the the managerial position is really, really important, mate, right? Because that is one footballing factor that can help attract a player, right? So the question is, you know, Pochettino and Ten Hag to me have very similar uh, reputations in football. They're young, trendy coaches um, with potential. They're not in that top bracket yet. They're not in that world-class bracket yet. And again, I think when you look at Tommy Abram, when you look at Ten Hag and Pochettino, it's a remainder of how far you have fallen, fall, right? Um, because if Pep Guardiola was leaving City tonight, I don't think they'd go for Pochettino or Ten Hog. I don't. Um, and I feel that United are now adjusting their targets and expectations to be commensurate with a football club that's no longer serious about winning the league. It's no longer serious about winning the European Cup. You know, if you go back, I remember when united on the Ferguson if they finished second. It was border and offensive. The club were levied. You expected a massive reaction, that summer to correct this unbelievable wrong. Now, let me ask you guys, do you think this football club, let's say you're Eric Hag or you're a Pochettino, And you've got the modern day equivalent of David Beckham in your dressing room, right? Good player, not a great player, but a good player. People still get seduced by YouTube highlights, you know, and think Beckham was a genius. Beckham was a good player, not a great player. Um, You come in and uh, you say, I want to leave. Do you really think that this board would sell David Beckham? I don't. I don't believe this board would keep. A manager over David Beckham, I think when they looked at how much money David Beckham makes at football club, there is no way that uh, it, that they would pick a manager over someone like Beckham because of the commercial value is worth far more than his football value, and that's one of the biggest indicators of how the football club has changed. And Fergie had that clarity. No, there's no one has that clarity anymore, but there is nobody. And say Manchester United or will ever have again the ability to get rid of a David Beckham for football reasons whenever uh, you know, the, 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 there's no way that leverage will be given ever again.
1: Yeah I, I agree with you 100% and I think that's one of the fundamental problems of what's gone wrong with this football club over the last number of years is that the player power is just so much bigger mm-hmm. than any manager that comes in and that's where we need to try and Get someone with a bit of authority. And I'm not saying that Ten Hag doesn't have authority, but his pedigree, like he's only really coached in Holland. And as you said previous, like, you know, it's it's not the best. Like the coaching, and I think that's where Pochettino gives you a bit of an edge because he does have a bit of an aura yeah. about him. He ha- he has maybe something different Ten Hag doesn't have. But what what I want to ask you then is is do you think someone like Pogba, who mm. ultimately is a player that has seems to be, has a bit of player power over any manager that's been in. There's obviously been times he has been dropped. I think he's a good player at the end of the day, and I do yeah, think that there's a there's a really really good player there. He's not always mm-hmm. on the ball. Do you think he's definitely gone, no matter what? Oh yeah, this, this no person.
0: Yeah, I mean I was obviously something can change, but I was told six or seven weeks ago that he was definitely gone um, by people inside the football club. So uh, obviously, like I said, something can change. But here's the thing that. That situation only changes if Paul Pogba has no better option. Not because he wants to stay in faith for Manchester, United, not because he wants to play for his football club and he's desperate, like, not because we, if you take a look over that uh, international break, the only bit of good news is Bruno Fernandes sending his contract. The rest of it, you know, you've Luke Shaw moaning, Harry Maguire moaning. Uh, and I'm not a fan of him being booed, mate. Right? Either. Don't get me wrong; it's it's bad, K. Okay, Com, and I do feel a little bit of sympathy towards him. Where I felt like, you know, I uh, and maybe it was just me. Maybe it was just um, caught me in a in, in a moment where I just I I felt for him. Where I felt like, you know, I I can't imagine what that must feel like to have your family and everything here playing for your country one of the proudest moments of your life to play for your country um, to be then booed by those people I, I just felt it was a bit much and so um, maybe if you catch another day I don't uh, but that being said man, I always want to say something because I look at all this reaction and I don't want to do water battery but I think about some of the abuse that England players have faced playing for England over the years I think about the bananas that were thrown at John Barnes and Mark Walters I think about the abuse that Beckham took, right, where he had effigies, uh, his child and everything being murdered, right? And then, of course, Harry Kane or uh, Harry Maguire. uh, And and, and there's a litany of them, right? And and going, you know, I, I, I just think like the reaction to this whole Harry Maguire thing was certainly a lot more sensitive than what the reaction was to other players facing heinous abuse, right? And so I just feel that uh, as much as I didn't like him being criticized, this is supposed to be a captain, right? And, mate, I have no respect for Harry Maguire, right? I, mm-hmm. I, I, and I, I don't mean this to sound rude, but there's nothing about him where I would lend trust that guy. If, I, if you're addressing him, Harry Maguire, and one of the things about leaders, mate, is most other players, people surrender to them right there we trust you we let you lead us in the battle we follow your direction we'll follow your orders right whatever that is and um we'll give everything based on that i don't see that i see 10 other players laughing down the sleeve with mcguire going
1: sorry to use these words but fuck you right But this is where right so mcguire i i agree with you i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and preach and say mcguire's the next real Ferdinand because he's not but he's been through, by the way, right? Oh, no, I, I know, I know that, but I'm, I'm just saying, I mean, there's a quality, yes, okay, fine, quality. Yes, he's not, he's not a real Ferdinand type no. player, he's not a leader like Nemanja Village was a leader. He doesn't lead on the pitch, however, he was thrown in at the deep end, right? He, he is the captain of a team, what do you mean he's
0: thrown in the deep end, in what sense,
1: in the sense that he never should have been captain. I think Harry Maguire, deep down. Never thought he would have been captain. Okay. He was thrown in at the deep end and he was given the captaincy. And you I'll tell you that... one thing see this United team and United in general. We've never really liked England. For the England fans to boo him, that's what annoyed me. Because if anyone should be booing him, it should be the United fans. And we mm. don't, right? The England fans booed him because they jumped on a bandwagon. Know, it's nothing man. about Harry Maguire. It wasn't about, ha- it was because United's downfall and the whole of England are jealous of our success in previous years and they jumped on that bandwagon and that was the only reason they booed harry Maguire. harry Maguire has actually been very good for england yeah that's a fact so every game he's played he's played his heart out so i disagree with you when you say some of the things are that you said about him and i am not his biggest fan In, in terms of you know you said there that um other players laugh at him. I don't, I don't feel that. I don't think they do. I don't what think mean other him. players
0: laugh at him. I mean that they don't have respect for him yeah, as a world-class that, I mean. leader, as a world-class defender. I don't think I think that you've got <clears> other players on that team that look at Maguire and go, Why should I surrender and trust? You know, why I believe I'm better than you. I believe I'm a better leader than you. Uh I mean, I don't believe you've got a bunch of players in that England dressing room that's going. Well, me Harry Maguire, you know, I'm, I'm following that man in the ball. I, I just no, don't believe
1: I, that. I, but at, at the end of the day, we as a team and as a club have not been good enough. So yes, of course. No, it, it's not not, it's, you know, Harry Maguire shines in a great man United team. and That's a fact. I'm telling you that now. He I what? know he's not, he's not he's not a fast centre half. But Harry Maguire in a very good United team shines because the whole team around him, there's cohesion. There's nothing there. He's <clears> playing <throat> with oh, two no, backs. That's
0: nonsense. Because here's the thing. No. And let me explain why, right? If you're a great player, you make teams better. Simple as that. Eric Cantona, whenever United sold huge Kinchalskas, they asked him, are you not concerned about United selling their best players and not replacing them? His answer was, no, I want to leave them out, right? If you need to be surrounded by world-class players to shine, that's a concern. World-class players, top players stand out no matter what. Okay. When Forrest got relegated, Ferguson turned around and said it was Roy Keane against the rest. Right? So if, you're, know, if you are the world's most expensive defender, but you need to be surrounded by quality players to play well, then you're limited. You're not one class defender. You,
1: ha, you have to appreciate he's playing with the Choco Brothers at right well, back well, and left well, but back. That's fair enough. Do you know mate?
0: what I mean? But even, I don't care if he's playing with the worst defenders in the history of the sport, right? That does not excuse the things that he has field It doesn't excuse whenever he stands and ball watches. It doesn't excuse <clears> him standing <throat> at what you see against Leicester, the, first, the, the last game that he played, admittedly came back from injury. But what he was feeling on, yeah, but I, I think,
1: yes, no, and here, I agree with you 100%, but what I'm saying is I think that is a mental block because of the things that have happened this season. Right. Football, as you know, I know, a lot of it's mentality. Harry Maguire is at his lowest he will ever be in his career. There has to be some sort of give. I, I don't think, he's, he's not a bad player. You know you're painting them out there, I wouldn't say he's a bad player. He's a terrible centre half. No, no I no, agree. No, with that, he's that, not that, world class. That's, past,
0: that's right? not what I'm saying. Don't, don't put words in my mouth, mate. Because I never said that. And the, and this is the polemic argument that I don't like, where people if he's not A, must be B. Right? There's a lot more nuance to it than that. What I'm saying to you is, and I will take this to my grave, Harry McGuire is nowhere near an 80 million pound defender. And if you are that mentally weak, right, where you go into a shell. Because you're Manchester United club captain, I ask you when I think about some of the situations that uh, Brian Robson had to deal with, right at Manchester United. When I think about some of these situations that past captains have had to deal with, that Manchester United much much worse than anything Harry Maguire has had to deal with. Was to me really looks more like hurt feelings. Um, I I I don't like I I, I don't. I'm asking for somebody to give me one single reason why that man should be starting for Manchester United. Just one. Yeah,
1: no. I, and here, I agree with you. Based on current form, he should not be starting. But I do think there's a player in there. And I think he's been thrown in at the deep end and made out to be a lot worse than what he is. is, is I think Eng- England friend. jumped on the bandwagon. And that's that's a fact. You know, like, if, if this wasn't going on at Manchester United, he would have been good for England. It's He hasn't played bad for England. So I think that was untoward from the England fans. And to be honest with you, I do agree he should have been dropped, but there's no one that we can really drop him for to play by. He's injured all the time. Lindelof has been iffy. He's been average at best. He's been no better than Maguire, no worse than Maguire. Um, mm. So I'd put them two on the same Whoa. the same level. Varane's obviously being injury prone this season. So, you know, he's, he's fighting a losing battle. He can't even get a few weeks off to try and get his head because there's no one there to replace him
0: here's the thing. You're talking about Baye and of Maguire costs most, more than both of them combined. I know that. Right? And why mcguire is 29 years of age, right? Mm-hmm. So if there's a player in hand, when does it come out? Thirdly, when does form, right? If you're consistently bad, right, when does form start becoming permanent? Because we say class is permanent, form is temporary. But if your form is consistently the same every week, where well, you're utterly atrocious, like you, you look like for, I mean, with the exception of a couple of games, you look like a player that does not belong at that level. Um, Not even we're debating whether he's quality or he's captain or his world class. Well, I'm talking about a guy that for the last nine months doesn't even look like he belongs on at this level. So we're, we're talking about Bay never gets to play, right? Because of the like people say not good enough, he's right, he's this, he's that Fair enough. Personally, uh, I, I from what I've seen in Bay over the last two years, I really, uh, I don't think that Maguire stands out to me and says fucking top class centre-back, right? I mean, when you're talking about top players, they make the difference Right? they're the they're the ones where you can turn around and go, you know what? They sh- they showed up in this game. They showed up in this game. They made the difference here. They made the difference here. Harry Maguire costs United points. He doesn't contribute to the point where he's making a difference in the games. they take take a look at United set pieces, right? The most basic level of defending. They're a disgrace. An absolute disgrace at doing the bare minimum. Joe Felix with Atletico Madrid, right? Simple ball and McGuire's ball watching, right? This 19 year old kid comes around the corner, bump heads in the net, yeah. right? And I can give you a million examples of this. Like, I, I, I don't want him to be bad. I want him to be good. I want him to be a leader. I don't want to see a 10 criticism mate. But here's the thing he has been a disgrace. I, I, look, it's, it's, and, and so, at some point, I have to. Turn, this is Manchester United. You don't get a contract here as a community outreach program. You must earn yeah. the spot, and and, and down the span of a team, okay, Paul Pogba and Fred have been rightfully criticised over the years because they aren't, they haven't been good enough in their respective positions. Uh, Harry Maguire uh, occupies the most important position, arguably, in the football club. Okay, centre back. You know you have, you haven't got a rated right centre back. Ask Arsenal for it. Get a bird, right? Take a look at the difference made between Harry Maguire and a legitimate top class, world class centre back. The difference is massive. Yeah.
1: Look, I, I'm playing Devils advocate.
0: In, sure, honest that's in what fair what enough. Saying,
1: right, yes. but at the same time, I think at at this point of his career and what he's given to us at Manchester United, what's he giving? He's under he's underperformed, right? <laughs> So that, that's fact. But okay. I think a lot of the criticism is harsh. Okay. And I think that he deserves a bit of time because he hasn't really got a run out of the team in terms of he hasn't been dropped for a long period of time
0: mm.
1: and, and made the work for his position because there's no one there to replace him. So it's definitely somewhere we, we need to strengthen. I agree with you. He's not, he's not world-class. He I don't think he ever will be world-class, but I think there's a really good, solid player there. When,
0: we when do we get to see it? He's 29.
1: And No, look, I, I agree with you. He's 29, but he has been thrown in at the deep end over the past few years. But he's 29, years.
0: the world's most expensive defender. What should he be protected from?
1: Um, it's more down to the fact that he's not, you know, on his CV, I don't think he's the type of player that's went out and said, I'm a leader. I'm a, I'm a captain material. He's been thrown into that position and he's been criticised rightfully and wrongfully at times. And a lot of, a lot of the, the brunt of what he gets from fans is not really justified at times. And, and that adds to like the mentality. What? And maybe maybe it is a mentality thing. Like maybe, what? as you say, maybe, maybe he just doesn't have the United mentality. And what's happened case, to him?
0: Go. come what's happened to him that shouldn't have happened? <clears> the <throat> United fans?
1: The, the uh, England fans the other night? Yeah, nah, really,
0: I right? don't we? United. What have United fans done to high Maguire he doesn't deserve?
1: I think a lot of the abuse at times is, like is undeserved in terms on, of on everyone media. on social media is is on his back okay. all the time. And for anyone who lives in the age of social media, it can affect someone's mentality. It can man. affect his mental health. And that's a fact. Of
0: course. But man, here's the thing, right?
1: He's paid. You're going to say he's paid big money. No, I'm not going to do with it.
0: I don't like that. I don't talk about that. Money has absolutely nothing to do with any of this. I don't care how much money he makes. I don't care if he makes a million pounds a week. That doesn't stop him from being human. And I don't like people to use that uh, as an excuse to treat other human beings how they want, right? Absolutely nothing to do with... uh, I don't care how much he makes. He's still a human being and nobody would argue against social media being toxic, right? But here's the thing. Social media, you have a choice whether you go on it or not, right? And here's the problem. When you've got... Obsessed footballers with their image because they want to monetize it. They spool on social media for this reason. So they manipulate social media to make a lot of money off their image. All right. So you've got to make up your mind. It's a toxic cesspit. Uh, We had someone jailed recently for racially abusing Marcus Rashford, and rightly so. I defended Marcus Rashford's response when he got upset at fans because I think that. They're human beings. They have a breaking point. And just because, like we saw with Will Smith, um, well, I wouldn't. You don't know what you've done in that situation. Secondly, um, this is accumulative. This is not just this one incident. There's an abundance of incidents. I vehemently defended Jassy Lingard and the abuse that he took. Right? No question about it. These are factors, but the reality is this, mate. This is top-level sport, and when you play for a club like Manchester United, the scrutiny is absolutely unbelievable. But well, it's the same scrutiny that every top player at every top club has to deal with. This is life, okay? And, like I said, the other side of this is, and you hear this ad nauseum from people like Richard Arnold talking about their social media growth, their Twitter growth, their follower growth, and how that translates into revenue. So, and what's the first thing these people are doing whenever they lose a game? They're uploading some nonsensical social media uh, apology when, when in reality they don't know just to, to shut up. right? Yeah. So, man, trust me, I'm not turning around and saying this is a black and white issue where Harry Maguire doesn't have some reasons to... And and we're all different people, right? Um, you know, some people can deal with it better than others. And I do think there's a massive difference, and people need to be aware of the difference between criticism and abuse. And I think when you cross that line, you have no right to abuse anyone, yeah. none whatsoever. Yeah. Right. So I
1: I know you're gonna wrap this up in a second, but I want to make one point, right? Yes, before go before you do. I want to compare this to Xhaka and Arsenal, right? Okay. For, for a few reasons, and I'll give you them now. First one, I think Xhaka had a terrible time. The main thing that happened for Xhaka, which in terms of his performance now, is he seems to be fitting in better in the Arsenal team. He's putting in good performances. The fans are now on side with him, whereas the weren't, was that there was someone readily available to replace him, right? So he got his mm. time out of the spotlight. Harry Maguire hasn't been afforded that opportunity. He hasn't been given that blessing of, right, you're out of the, the team here for six weeks. Harry, you've been shit. You've not, you've not been good. No, you know, your performances are not up to scratch for Manchester United. You're going to be on the bench here for six weeks. It hasn't happened. Maguire hasn't been able to process how bad he has been playing. Because guess what? The next Saturday, he's thrown at the deep end once again. And he's making the same mistakes over and over. So yeah. that's what I want to just compare it to, is that someone like Xhaka, we can see the benefits of him being taken out of that Arsenal team at a time when he really needed it out of that Arsenal team. And now he's putting in a good performance over the past few weeks. They're getting beat at them in a 2-0 but I'm just saying in terms of him and his performances, he has been a lot better yeah. than what he was and now the fans are on his side. And that's the difference at, at the highest level of the game. And I do think Maguire would benefit from some time off, six weeks maybe out of, out of the team and work his way back into it.
0: Right. So think about what you're saying now, mate right? <clears throat> so you're talking about the captain of his football club. Look, I remember when Schmeichel was having a disastrous season in '99. Um, I think it was in December. United ended up sending them to Portugal for a couple of weeks. They came back refreshed. But he's refreshed it was excellent. Right, one-off case. Uh, Harry McGuire is the captain's football club, right? And United are in a mess. If your captain is turning around to you halfway through your season, saying, "Gaffer, I need six weeks off just to process this," I would no, really no, no, be- no, no,
1: sorry. You, you've misunderstood me. Xhaka okay. was also the captain of Arsenal. Yeah, I'm just uh, saying, yeah, the manager should have taken him out.
0: Jagger was a disgraceful captain, right? And clearly not captain material, right? So, um, you know, this is the same guy that qualified himself, uh, his credentials on, on being a captain because he was a lads' key kid where he was going to come home and sit in the house for an before his magazine, right? It's just astonishing to me. So when I look at Harry Maguire, if I'm trying to... I want my captain to put it right on the pitch, Right. I want my captain to turn around and say, do you know what? The last place I want to do, and the last thing I want to do is go ahead. I don't want to go away. I, 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 and by when, when, when you've got your club captain turning around and saying things like, I'm only here because I have to be, that's very, 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 very concerning to me. Because unlike the fans, right? See, the fans are paying to be there. He's paid to be there, right? So I think, come, when you consider the sacrifices that are made, but a lot of the fans coming from all over the world. Spend the money that don't have cost of energy is going up, the cost of food's going up, the cost of living is going up, the cost of everything is going up, their disposable incomes diminishing, the cost of attending football is greatly up. All I'm asking for is that for 90 minutes, when you put that shirt on, the problems of this football club are your problems too. I'm not asking you to go into battle, I'm not asking you to go into Ukraine, I'm not asking you to put your house on the line, I'm not asking you to do something that's untoward or extraordinary i'm asking you to care enough during those 90 minutes that says if we lose today it won't be because of unprofessionalism it won't be because i sulked it won't be because i blamed him or blamed him or blamed him and it's his fault and if he's not going to try i'm not going to try if he's not, that's exactly what's going on this is where you make your money okay anybody anybody can be a great captain when they're winning 3-0. Anybody can be a great captain when everything's going well. But as we always find out in life, mate, about people and the legitimacy of what we're calling them, the legitimacy of their titles, are you a captain? Well, we'll find out whenever we need one. And now we need one, we don't have one. Harry Maguire is not captain material. That's not abuse to say so. That's an honest evaluation. And Antonio Valencia turned around and said, you know what? I don't want that number seven shirt, All right. It's too heavy for me. Uh I want to change it. I want to, and he got another shirt. Fred him stood up, held the hands up, said psychologically it's too much for me. No problems. Right? Yeah. No issue at. Harry Maguire, on the other hand, made it, right? Where I will exonerate him in a couple of things. One, the flaws in his game aren't his fault. The fact that United don't play, he first he was never an eighty million pound defender. Never right? There's a Harry Maguire at every Premier League club, okay? Decent defender, that's it. And this is where you need differ than City, because if he was at City, he'd have already been replaced, right? United can spend the same as City, but they can't replace the same. So they can't afford to get it wrong. So if they get it wrong, they persevere for years, right? Before they'll turn around and say, we got it wrong they'll hope that Darmian turns into a right-back that he never was, right? Yeah. They'll hope that Alexis Sanchez becomes the player that he wasn't anymore. They'll stick with yeah. these players, right? They don't do that at City. They don't do that at Liverpool, right? Which exacerbates the problem. And then by the time you do address it, you have about five or six other needs in other parts across the pitch, which, again, we were talking about last time what were we talking about, mate. All we need is one defensive midfielder. And now yeah. we're talking about we
1: need five or six. Right. No, you're right. And hopefully, hopefully these podcasts get a bit more positive as uh, the <laughs> summer goes on. I'm, yes. just hoping, I'm just hoping it turns out um, it's all, you know, everything works out well. with are saying a striker 100%. that you think we're not going to sign. we we'll saying it's centre mid. Because it, it, it needs to get more positive as the United fan. At the moment, it is there.
0: Well, let's say about the striker situation, right? Like I look at City, right? They've signed Julian Alvarez, right? And let's say better than average chats, they're going to send two um, uh, oh, young strikers. right? And if City didn't send a striker this summer, they'd still get away with it. They'd still be, but here they are prioritizing the best young striker in the world and arguably another exceptional young striker. right? United you know are still trying to evaluate who's going to manage the football club. And so I look at this and I'm going, where's the money coming from for the positions that they need? So they're, they're selling Lingard and Pogba for nothing, right? Um, so where's the money coming from for a top midfielder? Where's the money coming from for a top central striker, the most expansive player in the game? Where's that coming from? It's just, and so we're sitting there going... I want, the, the, I mean, if you look at, mate, and United, when it comes to predicting what they're going to do in the transfer market and things like that. Borderline impossible. Well, it's actually the opposite. It's a really easy extrapolation of logic, right? Because what our Manchester United football club, if you look at the way United run them, is that business going to turn around and say, Harry McKeon is 29, let's spend $150 on him. Plus, we knew we need to defend, to send a, a young midfielder like a Tekken Rice, This is going to cost somewhere in the CM. Plus, we know we got other positions that we need to fix too. We got that right back position we need to fix, blah, blah. Do you really think, Matt? right, you're a smart lad, that the Glazers are going to turn around and go, you know what, lad, let's go spend about 300 million dollars somewhere. Because that's but- what it's going to take to send the players that are being
1: talked about. But that—that's our reality of it. Do the Glazers want to no continue? Man. Continue? What's going on? Because really, it's not—it's not benefiting anyone. It's—it's it's not really benefiting them. I know you'll say, "Well, no, the commercial side of things." No, but of it's course not. It's not. not because we're—we're we're missing out on money that side as well. So there does have to be some sort of change, and hopefully this summer is it. And I'm—I'm I'm not saying that we're going to go out and spend three hundred million, but hopefully that a new manager comes in and there's fresh ideas and new signings and things change.
0: Well, mate, we're sitting here. We're 10 years in United repeating the same mistakes. Yeah. Right. And we <laughs> say every year, this will really be the year they change. And I agree in one sense that it doesn't make sense to re- continue to run the football club. And I have to be honest, there's a part of me that is completely confused at the Glazers, because regardless of what you say about them, they're not in this to lose money. Unnecessarily. So I'm trying to understand why. They haven't demanded a higher level of confidence or competence sorry, in the people that run the club. Because even if you don't know what the problems are, right, you know that you have a problem, right? Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to a doctor, right, and I'm struggling to breathe, I may not know what the problem is, but I know I got a problem and needs fixing. And this is what I don't understand. Like, they, Calm, if you're looking at the, the people that run this football club, they're the highest paid in, the, in in world football in their respective positions. but the football club is a
1: mess. Oh, it's nice, mate. So high on
0: earth can the people who run this football club turn around and look at those people in the eye and say, not only are you the deserve to be the best paid, in your in-world football in your respective positions you are also the best in the world at your respective position that tells me that what the glazers and the owners of this football club define success is very different than you and me I completely agree with you Matt in the sense that this is not sustainable right at some point you will achieve you will have reputational damage and sponsors whether you need to have this massive brand or not sponsors have the, the the ability to choose whoever they partner with and there's other massive football clubs out there that uh, that do win where you know they're also partly saved because of the english language speaking football club and that makes them huge in america uh there's certain things that give them a massive advantage but mate listen if you're a young kid in america where you're not being pressured. I'm just using America, Australia, with an example where you don't have these regional loyalties and you're picking a team to support based on what's in front of your eyes. Right. The likes of Liverpool and city are very, very attractive. Now I've got a 15 year old. that's constantly saying to me that I hate that. I never got the experience United and the United you know, that you did. Right. Yeah. So he's you know, fine because I am, but yeah. but come, you know me that, that, you know, that that that's long term.
1: But see, see, at the same time, we yes. we just have to remember that we were spoiled with success, and it is going to turn around. Like, but we were spoiled with success, and I'm a lot younger than you, and I even I feel spoiled with the success that I've seen at United. So it's one of those things that, unfortunately, we are where we're at. Can't change anything, but hopefully this summer, it's I don't know. I'm just we say it's going to turn it. around. Is it? I
0: mean, we we to. assume that. But here's the thing, man. Right. The natural ebb and flow, the natural cycles in football are disappearing, right? Because of the concentration of wealth. So it used to be, oh, you know what, football's cyclical. Well, it was when it was a true meritocracy, but it ain't now, right? So, you know, if football was it was truly cyclical, not even for would be back when in leagues.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Sock. So football, that, that, uh, uh Meritocracy and, and is disappearing because of the concentration of wealth. So, if you see how long Liverpool went before in we the league, we may never see it win a league title again in our lifetime. There's no, no guarantee that, of that. But, but, that. but man, here, here's the reality, right? You see that attitude, right? It, it. I honestly think that is a big part of the problem, even inside Old Trafford.
1: It is. right you're scurrying me saying things? So?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you don't get anything, mate, unless you do things right. Like, n- yeah. no one's going to hand. So basically what we're saying is, one day we'll win the league because all the rivals will be worse than us. Not because we'll be <laughs> better than them, <laughs> but because they'll end up being worse than what we are. Man, I'm, I, I, I'm serious. It, here's the thing. The other thing with the Glazers is, and I'm going to bring people on from... Uh, from uh, mosk to talk about this and we're going see that right now none of the promises surprise surprise that they made have been kept Not none of them right so whenever they were trying to tamper attitudes a year ago right they made all these promises about forums and about meetings and we'll do this we'll do this we'll do this well you know what they didn't predictably and so <clears throat> um These are people you can't trust. These are people that turned around when they bought the football club in 2005, promised consistent dialogue with the fans and they never spoke again to them. Um, They couldn't even humanize themselves when they had a microphone stuck in their face. And so, uh, you know, that's made none of those promises. I have no optimism whatsoever that anything the Glazers have told United fans will be kept. I think it was more of a, Let's quiet this down a little bit. I want to give Richard Arnold I and uh the benefit of the doubt that he doesn't deserve right now, right? I want to give him trust that he hasn't earned. Okay, because I want to believe that this is gonna be right. Like you were saying, positivity. I'm hoping to get him on the podcast. They told me a couple of weeks ago that he would do it. What's I, have going on? I have my doubts. I have my doubts. And as you as I mentioned the other day, Mate, we will have. Diojo Dallo on the podcast here in the next few days, so it'll be interesting to see what what uh, Diojo says, but uh, we didn't really talk about the game of the weekend, mate, so what was your take on it?
1: I just think that we lacked cohesion, there was no positivity around the team, we didn't look like a team that was ever going to really win the game, there was just too too much going wrong, and ultimately I think we missed the firepower of Ronaldo up front, and whilst he doesn't really um, do much with his back-to-goal, he, he offers you something different and something we didn't have and we didn't have strength and depth coming off the bench. I mean, Riceford was like a ghost. He, he comes on and he just, it just looks as if it's all too much for him at the moment. and he was nowhere to be seen when we needed him. So it just, uh, again, like I said at the beginning, it's like watching Man United in pre-season.
0: You said something, I mean, it's really interesting. He said we don't have the strength and depth, right? And I believe I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I'll do so once again. If you go back to Mourinho, right? First season. And he prioritises qualifying for the Champions League through winning the Europa League. Because in his words, and I'm paraphrasing here, the squad's not big enough to compete on all fronts. Biggest football club in the world, right? But squad's not big enough to compete on all fronts. And so... This has been a consistent problem since then, where United have had to essentially promote young players before the rally. Uh, they've had to, priori- b- b- on unbelievably, uh, prioritise competitions because the squad isn't big enough, right, to compete for the league, the raison d'etre, right? Priority number one. This is a football club where if you just skip the dividends for a year, you will have a score more than capable of competing on all fronts. And I hate to bring everything back to the Glazers, but that's such a massive part of the problems that you need to have, right? Because the most important thing to them more than anything is their dividend, right? And the value of their asset, you know to, to borrow some of their parlance, which I, quite frankly makes me want to vomit. They sweat the asset, as Colette Roach once said. <clears throat> uh, so when I look at United, they surely are sweating the asset whenever they've got a squad squad down to the minimum. And I honestly feel made it isn't just the Fergie. So if you look at what United are trying to recreate, the map they're trying to recreate two things: the whole Fergie era, right? Because Obviously, he was successful, but he wasn't just successful. I mean, he was successful on the cheap, right? He wasn't out doing what Real Madrid were doing. He wasn't out doing what Barcelona doing. You know, He was out sending Gabriel oberton right? Cleverson. You know, where Real Madrid were out sending, you know, 80 million pound footballs. So that they tried to recreate. And the other thing they're constantly trying to recreate is the Cristiano Ronaldo buy cheap, sell for a fortune, right? Those were the two greatest... Milestones. They love the idea of buying a Ronaldo for 10 million and selling them for 80. Right? And so that's was the thinking behind Nani. Right? This is the thinking behind all the time when they go after these young players, it's the, the, the hope that they can develop and sell them on when they reach that 23, 24 peak, rinse and repeat. Because if you turn around the glazers maybe say to them right now, I tell you what, at the end of the season, they will give you a European Cup. Or you can sell an academy player for 100 million you didn't spend anything on. you got to pick one. And it may come on. We know what's being picked here. Okay? So to me, I think they're trying to recreate all the wrong things. And they can do that within the parameters of trying... Look, we're trying to build a successful football team when you're building a successful business. (laughs) So, um, I mean, I think in their eyes... They would have loved Klopp. Klopp to them is their Ferguson. His club's done a brilliant job, man. Right? Whatever you say about Liverpool, yeah, he's yeah. done an unbelievable job, right? And you know their transfer committee. What, what happened? That disappeared, didn't it? Right. So anyway, um, I, I just feel that uh, for United, how can we? The question is, how can we be successful without having to match? spending, like they will be rubbing their hands with glee over yeah. the Chelsea situation.
1: That's, that's a million-dollar
0: question. Massive, yeah, man. Plus, the other thing that it shows is there's no shortage of billionaires not going to buy once a, a valuable yep. asset Definitely. is on the table. Um Just quickly on the game Saturday, man, um you know, it, well, how long had it been since they played their last game prior to that? It was like two and a half weeks, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, just over two weeks,
0: yeah. Uh, normally... During the two and a half weeks, two weeks went nice to play and turn my hurt, and they like, get the football back on, get the football know, back me on. Too. Not this it. time, man. I have to be honest. I was kind of right? I was draining, So I wasn't looking forward to it. It wasn't like I'm down to see another play. Uh-huh. And then I watch him in the first half. <laughs> it's like this is why. And I put out a tweet, mate, and I mean this sincerely. I don't care if your feelings are hurt. I don't care if you want to leave the football club. And I don't care if you think that what's going on at the club is beneath you. All I care about is during that 90 minutes, you take a look around that stadium and you realize that there's people from all over the world that have done everything possible to show up and watch you for 90 minutes. You're going to leave this stadium, get in your car and go home and be back, not banging back doors out of your messes in an hour. (laughs) These people have to go get a hotel, go get a flight, Go travel back somewhere, right? To unbelievable amounts of hustle, cost, and everything else. And all I ask from you is that you show up and give them some honest effort. Show them that you care as much as they do. And that's where we're at, mate. There's
1: there's a, a bit of positivity before we end. Arsenal are 3 0 down with we'll a chance <laughs> of top, with we'll a chance of top four. Chelsea could beat this weekend. Things are looking up. Well.
0: Listen, I, uh, I, whatever happens with Pochettino and Ten Hag, I'm going to be positive.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, I'm going to get behind them hundred percent. Um, I will not criticise them until there's absolutely firm reasons. There's a couple of things, mate. First of all, the absolute weirdos, and I mean weirdos, right? They bring everything back to Sulsker. I can't stand it anymore. Oh, right? Yeah. my Tommy didn't play well. Yeah, well, that was because of that fraud Sulsker. You, know. <laughs> you know. You know, there's a, there's been an earthquake in in uh, in Botswana. Oh, that's because of that fraud Sulsker. <laughs> you know, it's so it was his fault. You know, United you know, women they lost just like. Well, that's because of that fraud Sulsker. And it's like I can't take it anymore. The guy hasn't been manager of this football club for months. By the way, during his tenure, right, I would give Anakin to have that, se- that season back, right? Not perfect, but a million miles away from where we are right now. And the f- the myopia of blaming him on every fucking thing really is getting all my tits. I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> I don't right? like look, I don't criticism, a lot, though, but when you're that myopic, right, you're a weirdo. You you really need to take a stop back, step back and realize that your own bias. And your own hatred is leading you down uh, logical fallacies. Because I, I don't even want to have an argument anymore. I don't care if you don't like him. I don't care if you hate him. I don't care. But when you blame the guy on every single thing, right, I can't tell you how ridiculous it looks. And clearly credibility isn't something that you care about. That I can't stand. Um, and and uh, the United constantly being criticised for John John murder and Darren Fletcher uh, being uh, heading up this process, look, like, I, I think it you know, need to be criticised on some things, but not everything, I think. Yeah. Okay. Uh, two things before going. go, man, I want to ask you quickly about the stadium. Do you think uh, you need, need a new stadium?
1: Hundred uh, percent. Obviously, season ticket holder. I go to the stadium. I agree with Gary Neville. I think you know it's time maybe to knock it down, get a new one. I know we, we lose a lot of memories there, but this is. Football at the moment, this is modern day football and we are and should be the biggest club in the world. So let's show it. So, yeah, I do think we need a new stadium, definitely. And I mean, if they're only going to do the one stand and I, I I just don't see the point, I think they should just knock it down and go for a whole new stadium, state of the art.
0: Uh, yes. So it's my view on this. You know, I do accept the fact that some of these become soulless bowls, right? Where... Um, they're all more or less the same big bowls and uh, they lose some of their authenticity that you had with the old stadiums. Uh, I'm not against progress. I think, you know, it comes a point where the asset has been sweating off where maybe you do need to look at new stadiums, but we have to accept a couple of things. One, the Glazers have always wanted to sell, you know, its name, right? The old Trafford. and, And they would love that. Right, This is their opportunity to do it. Okay, um, And remember, it would be United borrowing the money, not the Glazers. And once that's paid, the Glazer own it. Um, so I think it would be good for United to have a, a stadium, a nice new state-of-the-art stadium and all that there. Um, but not for some of the reasons that people have talked about, but how valuable the corporate hospitality and all that there. I don't think football needs to be further pushed along to where it becomes... The NFL, where it's so expensive, ordinary people can't get a ticket. Right? Yeah, it's true. Um, So, just pros and cons, but definitely thinking that you think, you know, need to have serious investment in their infrastructure. Um, and we saw that with the state with the, with the training ground when they went from a cliff to yeah. um, Carrington, which was definitely a much better move. So, uh, I agree with that. Thinking that it should get a new stadium. If they don't get a new stadium, I do not want to see them change the name. Uh, no, uh, no, I want to see a stick, stick it And, folks, as I've said many, many times on this podcast, um, and Colm is now also an official partner of our mental health charity, West Wellbeing. Uh, on my Twitter page, there is a link to shirts that you can buy from our partner at SB Sports. 100% of the proceeds go towards mental health, folks. These are vital proceeds uh, that to go towards saving lives, human beings. These are tangibles. We need this. Um, And it may be, it may not be you today. It may not be you tomorrow. It may be even one of your loved ones today or tomorrow who will need to avail themselves of these services. I know things are tight right now, folks. But if you can, buy a shirt, and they're reasonably priced, buy anything um, for... West being BTP, Beyond the Pitch. I would be so, so grateful. I know this young man would be too. Uh, Michael Conlon, who is someone you and I both know very, very well, um, has dipped into his own pocket and donated a fortune, 20 grand really close to thereabouts. You know, I put my hand in my pocket and donated a few grand. I know that's what other people have. So I'm asking you to do the same, folks. Whatever you can help us with, we so, so much appreciate it. I want to say a huge thank you to Stephen at SB Sports for his unbelievable support in this. Uh, and there's going to be some nice new stuff coming out as well that isn't just related to mental health. It's got nice BTP stuff. So uh, we're going to do some red, white, and blue as well for our other brethren and uh, make sure our other boys across the town are taken care of uh, because their support as well has been absolutely unbelievable. So I want to thank everybody for all your hard work and for this young man um for always joining me in the podcast and uh for all your feedback folks uh don't forget Dojo coming up this week Matt, thank you so much as always
1: thanks for my name phil appreciate it